0: This is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. The first time in 39 years the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah, yeah. With Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show. What a bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Calvary. the killer. Yeah. 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 Sunday skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks and by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston great. You know, We got a lot of losses. Yeah, we got a lot of
1: losses.
0: Lace them up for some beast talk right now on Sports Radio WEEI.
1: Hi, this is Ken Jung, aka Mr. Chow from The Hangover. I just want to wish my home state team, the Carolina Hurricanes, good luck in the playoffs. Toodaloo. <laughs> well. You can't mock the
2: uh, Carolina Hurricanes for star power. Might be the best celebrity endorsement in NHL history. Kalman loves it. You should get uh, Ken Jung from Hangover fame in a column, featured somewhere in a column, or at least referenced. Better, it's a little more topical than Fonzie. He should host the show next week. Uh, he d- should. He should, yeah, yes. I'm going to we'll be out Reach out, out to, to his week. people. Speaking yeah. of which, could you guys handle next week? I, I have... I can't get out of this one, otherwise I'll get divorced. I have a wedding to go to next week, so I'm out. It's going to be after a critical game five in the series, which means either you two man the ship alone, or we get DJ Bean in here to give DJ some direction. Bean. Which he, did he give direction when he hosted uh, Sunday Skate? He yeah, did. It's I, a little bit. He, yeah. did, he, did a, he did a fine job. He built this show. I'm not going to knock him for that. But he did stick the knife in big time uh, this week after the Columbus Series win. Uh, I can't find it for some reason now, but I'm, I swear to you, he tweeted He should this. stick
3: to tweeting, that, tweeting about Jason Tatum.
2: How long is the leash for Tuca Rask? It was it was an obvious condescending oh shot at either us or probably somebody from Brand X who had the same uh, uh, discussion before the playoffs began. As you guys all recall, I refused to Tuca. let a DJ
3: Bean tweet. Rolling in with all the Tuca haters. I am the king of the Tuca apologists. We made it very clear. we were not throwing. The king of the Tuca. We, I thought
2: you were, but you we were because.
3: not We were not throwing Tuca under the bus. We were not saying he was terrible. We weren't attacking his family or giving him personal attacks. We were saying that if he was a little bit off his game at any point, Bruce Cassidy could not let it go. He would have to turn to Halak, who was brought in for just that purpose, to give him a rest during the regular season and to be a fallback if there was issues in the playoffs, we—I clearly said that if Tuca was pulled from a game, he would be starting the next game.
1: Sorry, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I—I I, I think that it wasn't necessarily directed at just this show. There's a lot of shows. There was a lot of leash talk.
2: About, a lot of leash talk. I feel like we started it though. I feel like we were first in on the leash talk. Got your factual. And then, wrong. Uh,
1: Dale and Keith responded to it. Correct? Yeah, and yeah, Dale was very salty. And to about DJ, it. all I have to say is toodaloo! I also—I think that DJ was just sticking it to everybody who had been talking about Tuca poorly over the past couple of yeah, years. And, 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 and,
3: and like with some political arguments and things like that, it's easy to have a take on it when you've been just talking about the Celtics for six months and all of a sudden you jump back in on the right. Bruins. Stick to and the now, Celtics and now you have in Boston a take.
2: Sports Tonight. Teach. Exactly. Stick to the Celtics and Billy Joel. Now, if DJ were hosting the show, he would have raised the exact same argument. I will disagree with you here, though. You are not the king of the Tuca apologists because the king of the Tuca apologists would not have even engaged in that discussion. No, that would
3: that would, have that would be the no king of the Tuca hogs, which is d- not a honk. See, that's you the difference here. some reason with Rask, people, and that's the accurate assessment. People he, who hate Tuca just hate him. People who are love him, I fall. I fall in the very nuanced middle position to say great goalie, but doesn't have to be the number. You don't have to stick with the same goalie the whole time just because he's paid a certain amount, or because he has a track record. The reason this team had two goalies during the year was just for
2: that, to make sure. And it sounds ludicrous to say now, because Rask is the clear, far and away number one star of the postseason, but if he has a poor game at some point in this series, he'll be pulled in that game for Yara Halak, probably just to save him right, for the to, next game. Or absolutely. Just to get Halak and, in and to there. rest him, rest, because, yeah. and I just worry a little bit about the fact that a guy who didn't play
3: more than three games in a row all year... Is now going to play his fifteenth game in thirty-one days? So I am a little concerned about that. A just little bit, but this same seems to be doing for other well goalie,
1: basically right. in the playoffs.
3: Exactly, though. and we see what happens to some of these goals. We saw what happened to Binnington last night, right? It's just the work, no help too. the workload starts to increase. Well, that's just it. The, 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 Tuca's workload has increased these last few
2: games. The, the shot totals are coming up. Did the Sharks goalie split time this year too? Martin Jones, he
3: he was no a Martin
1: time Jones shift. played m- most of it just because uh, Aaron Dell's just as bad. Oh, okay, <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: Um, okay, fine. But do you feel guilty if you doubted Tuca Rass coming into the postseason six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven? That's what I would like because I know there are Tuca haters, skeptics out There's there. There's a lot we of Tuca haters. Sort of, Go ahead. You and I, we we are all sort of in the mix. We were sort of skeptical. I would, I'll, I'll admit to that. Not here, that I've. Seen here's him. all I have
3: to say about the Tuca haters. We've been doing this show for how long? How many of them have called here? They hide under their desks with their Twitter, with their hand, phones in their hand, tweeting all this nonsense. Uh, the text line. I don't even
1: know if they believe what they're saying about him. Well, here's the thing: is it, you should feel bad if you had said that Tuka cannot play in big games. Because exactly. That is the laziest that, take. That was never taken. That was never a take of this show. Yeah, no. It, so I think that the, when we discussed it, we had said he can be inconsistent, and if he has bad games, then I don't think that there's an issue pulling him.
2: The only the recent big game history he had of playing poorly was, it wasn't was the final game of the regular season, the one year they missed the playoffs. He had a he had a poor game. Am I misremembering? Yeah, now? well, the game that he missed. The yeah, game he that he always always missed. That's right. He got right. sick. And, that, that, and, 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 and for some, some, some right. reason, a guy gets sick. Well, that and he was has pretty to Live bad. It Down for the next six
1: that years. That was Jake
2: Cutler esque in the Wait, NFC if title if it's game. I don't know what that means. Ends,
1: like, what are you going to do? You want your goalie in there? Like He gave his team the best chance by not playing. Who played that Listen, game?
2: It, was, it was noted... It Who's was back backup that year? It wasn't bad. It was before him. I, I don't even remember. It might have been Chad Johnson or someone like
3: okay, that. Okay, well,
1: that's pretty bad.
2: I mean, <laughs> I'd rather
1: see
3: two bombing on the ice. He, than,
1: he also had a, a somewhat... Incons- he had a pretty inconsistent uh, first-round series against Toronto last year.
2: Right. But he rose to the occasion in Game 7 yeah, right. and actually outplayed well, Freddie Anderson. The third oh,
1: Freddie Anderson played Exactly. Okay. There wasn't much rising <laughs> okay, right, to, to beat Freddie Anderson in that series. Fair enough.
3: I mean, it was noted hockey expert Rich Keefe who said something like, if you pull him, he's going to be lost mentally. How can you ever bring him back into the into the series? But that's not Tuukka Rask. We right. know that. Tuka's not going to let
2: it get to him. If that comes right
3: back, he's going to be the same person.
2: More stunning than even his on-play ice has been his ability to just be mentally—I I don't know what it is—aloof or a, that's he seems stunning. unbothered. It's always what he is. That's what he is. That's, that's always right. what he is. Not like this though. He's he's been salty from time to time through the years, right? I mean, there have been some times he takes some shots or gets Not a little cranky. Really. No, he's just No, blunt. this has been this has been a myth that's been perpetuated by mostly.
3: These stations that say these things. These stations. It's to, unbelievable. He's never been salty. No, he's, he's, he's a he goaltender. Tells it, like it is. He's a goaltender who has to talk every game. Right. The goaltender talks it to every game. So you come out, and then they ask him questions that don't have to do with goaltending because ninety-nine percent of the people at these games don't know what to ask about goaltending. So they ask about the defense in front of him. They which, ask which about his play. And he's honest he about very, it. Very, very honest. So when he's honest about it in a negative way, you guys say, "Oh, he's throwing his teammates under the bus." Well, what do you well, want yeah, him they to were do? Yeah, bad. <laughs> he's exactly. telling like it is. What do you? Have to do go on there and, and, and just say just give you cliches. What would be the point of that? I mean, maybe some
2: people could use the sound bites, but I'll, I'll take an honest goalie any day over some guy spewing nonsense. Now, is it more tuca or is it more the defense in front of him since you bring that up? Because I asked this because Rask himself pointed to this after the series yeah. win. John, do we have a little bit of that uh, interview with Boucher? I think this was on the ice with Brian Boucher after they beat Columbus. Rask, the three nothing shutout. <clears throat> on Monday night. He's obviously the star of the game, the star of the series, and here's what uh, Tuca had to say. Tuca, this
0: was a hard-fought series, a physical series. In the end, what did you feel to be the
3: difference for you guys in getting through here?
0: I don't know. Uh,
3: we stuck with it. You know, we stuck with it. We we defended hard and, you know, made it tough for them to get, get to the inside and get to the second chances. And, you know, I think in the third periods we, we kind of took over games. For you, you played great in the Toronto series, but this series in particular, I mean, it felt like some of the best hockey I've seen you play in a long time. How were you able to elevate your play in this series? Well, you just try to be there every game. You know, I mean,
2: uh, they're a great offensive team. I don't think they create as much traffic and tips as Toronto, so that always makes goalie shop a little easier. But, you know, I just try to battle and, and see the puck roll, see what happens. It's like it was after a, a game 43 in the regular season. But he, but he points to, yeah. he took a shot at Columbus, they didn't create as much traffic, right. we kept them out of the inside. Yeah, I he mean, basically said, my job wasn't that Every hard. great goaltender has great defense, and we talked
3: about this this week, Can I mean, you know, Marty Berdur had scott stevens and and scott you know i mean you're always gonna have great defense and and that was definitely a part of you know maybe this where tuca had a little down part in his career where he had a broken down dennis seidenberg playing on the first pair and all kinds of other nonsense and defense and obviously the bruins it took time to build the defense core to this point where clearly they, they're doing the job
1: it's like the old uh a writer is only as good as his editor a goalie is only as good as his defense
2: okay but that being said Chara has been criticized not roundly but from ge- there are certain yep. games where Chara looks old. Well the sure. good thing so is that if that's his, his Scott Stevens. He's not
3: Scott well, Stevens. Well the good thing anymore. is that no, you know his Scott Stevens right now is Brandon Carlo. Right, right now your Bruins defense the Chara top is their well, that's what I'm third asking. Third, you, or right. third
1: or fourth best defenseman. Exactly. So right now, is
2: Brandon Carlo's Scott Stevens for this team. Is absolutely. he making Tuka look better than even he should look right now?
3: I don't know about no. better but there's a synergy yeah. there.
2: There's there's that's
3: it works in tandem. That's how a hockey team works.
1: Goalie, they're, goalies they're make both the saves, and I think that that T- Carlo has been good enough, and Tuca has been great.
3: And yeah. not enough gets said about the fact that Carlo and Krug have become the number one defense <laughs> pair here, shutting down Panarin, shutting down the uh, the, the Aho line the other night. Obviously, getting some help from the Berger online. And I say right now, you know, if you asked me three weeks ago, I wouldn't have said I was still worried about the post Chara era of this team. But with Charlie McAvoy and Brandon Carlo anchoring the top two pairs, the Bruins are kind of set
2: if they if they you know don't do any, don't screw this up by, with anything well, else. Before the postseason began, we had a discussion about Tory Krug. Yeah, I had him traded before the NHL draft this off season. So now he's got one year left on his deal at five point two five million. He's had an excellent playoff. I mean, not, not forget about the goals, which I think he still only has one. Right. Uh, just in terms of his impact offensively, and he's not been a liability defensively. That's almost the biggest shock of the entire first two rounds for the Bruins. I have not noticed Krug...
1: Get exposed once. Yes, not right. once.
2: Not once. So he's playing awesome. And as you point out, he and Carlo were out there a lot against Ajo and Vine and they won that matchup. Yep. They played uh, six or seven minutes against those guys in Game 1. They played some against... Uh, the fourth line as well. I, I don't know. I don't know why that was, but because uh, I was looking up Krug and Carlos. Well, that's what happens
3: when you when you cycle through. You end up with this, your top pair playing at the fourth line a lot. When you, if you're just going to go in order, yeah, so I that's guess that's why.
2: Such so a way it, it yeah. works out. But you're right. So they've been good. So then, what do you do with Tory Krug? I mean, you're just going to ride out for one more year of his deal? If that's you, your you top, might,
3: you might do an own rental. I, I mean, a lot of it probably depends on how this season goes. If uh, if you don't win the cup and you're still str- you know gunning for that more than you would if you if you're trying to defend. But by the same token, you might, you know, you, if you look forward, you look ahead, and you think about uh, a new TV deal that might increase the salary cap some more, you you might be, and it depends what Carlo and, and McAvoy are looking for as RFAs this summer. You might be able to, to stick with them and 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 deal with it, you know,
2: next summer, not have to worry about uh, getting rid of him or signing him now. But back to our discussion about defensemen and that quote from Cassidy: they're all under long-term contracts, yeah. basically saying we get away with not, uh, our, our, we don't have personal stats. Races for more blue liners is Krug one of those guys no. who thinks he needs to score twenty goals a year? No, or have absolutely 50, not. 60 points Sorry, Krug is he's not. Is, so he's, he's bought in completely. To uh, he's one of the uh,
3: leaders without a letter. He's always been, you know, he, he he worries about his numbers just in the fact that he knows he has to produce to make you know make the most of what he can be because obviously he's not going to be always be a shutdown defender. But there is not one guy on this team looking at their stat sheets. Okay, it doesn't it doesn't work like that with, with this team at this point. I mean, uh, I
1: think I honestly think that that's been one of the biggest things about this team is that it seems that everybody on the roster knows their role. Yeah. Like you yeah. look at David Backus, that's what you need. Right. He's got a big contract. He's the veteran presence. He hasn't complained once about being out of the lineup. So it's one of those situations where. It seems like everybody in the room is buying in right. it and it's working it out It goes for
3: back them. and you hate to keep going harkening back to 2011 but that's what it was in 2011. Everyone knew their role, wh- what line you played on, what pair you are, what matchup you had. And uh, it goes back to making the trades that Charlie made where he, everyone kind of tries to say, revision his history to say, oh, the Blake, how did the Bruins trade Blake Wheeler? But for the for that team, for that role, they needed a Rich Peverly-type player who, by the way, was pretty damn good at the time. And
1: by the way, Blake Wheeler wasn't Blake Wheeler. Right, the, exactly. He wasn't well, the Blake that he Wheeler was too, that he is That's now. what I'm
3: saying. He was just a young guy coming on trying to find his way, thinking he needed to be a big-time scorer, top six minutes,
2: and he just wasn't going to play the two-way game that they needed him to play on a championship team. Now, they had no Charlie McAvoy in the first game. Did they survive? Were they fortunate to survive, or are Clifton and camphor just good? No. I mean, better than we thought, or give I think the, I
3: think a little fortunate. I think yeah. Carolina didn't take advantage of it too much. They didn't uh, forecheck as hard as maybe they have in the past. Uh, Clifton clearly, there's nobody who had these expectations on him. He was solid. We know what camphor is. And they didn't. They they'd exploited him a little bit. He was out there with Krug a couple of times, and maybe had a harder matchup. And they got behind him, and he made uh, at least one giveaway that almost led to a goal that Tuca saved him, which is what you expect to do. But you're not obviously going to go with Stephen Cam for any
1: longer period than he, he had He also to. checked. Uh the, the Carolina player in or McKegg, into Tuco, on, right? Uh, well, he was goal. replacing that's Charlie yeah, that's McAvoy. True. That's yeah. true. That's usually Charlie McAvoy's job. <laughs> right. So he's just he said, "Oh, I'm <laughs> replacing <laughs> McAvoy. I'm going to <laughs> do everything."
2: But McAvoy, you would say, is there's not even a debate. He's their number one defenseman, right? Right. He's Absolutely. 25 minutes a night, and he's
1: they count on him for one man breakouts. breakouts. Yes, it's amazing. Uh, and he's only gotten stronger as the playoffs have gone on.
2: But they can, lose, they can miss him in the lineup. And Clifton, somebody I saw somebody describe him as 18 minutes of flawless ice time. I don't think it was quite there. No,
3: that was me. Was that you? Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. I wrote that down. It was pretty flawless for, <laughs> for Connor Clifton, for a guy who was playing forward in the rookie games last I call. mean, I'm,
2: I'm impressed. It's I mean, he's As good. good as you could hope for, I Absolutely. think.
3: Absolutely. I mean, I never saw this kid. I mean... <laughs> He was kind of an afterthought at the rookie camp last year. He's you know a guy who didn't uh, sign an NHL deal till last spring, and uh, I never I, I've seen him play in province a few times. and That was never
2: that impressed. Kind of a kamikaze going around, just hitting people and not really playing hockey. Yeah, it's been great. Well, that's a, I think it's that's another. Uh feather in the cap of Cassidy that he is able to I mean obviously he's a coach, he sees all these things he's got coaches under them, but it's not like he went with Vakadainen or Lausanne or all these other highly touted prospects. He went with Connor Clifton because he's the best player. Well some of that
3: was timing too. I mean Vakadainen I think was even hurt in the playoffs. He was in and out of the lineup a lot. Lausanne was banged up a lot too. So a lot of it's timing and Clifton's taking advantage of it. Yeah, It's more a, a tribute to A to Sweeney for having this depth that he always talked about, that you have, you can say, "Oh, well, our first-round pick isn't even our number one choice at this point." And also to Jay Leach in Providence to get this kid to understand how to play the game the right way yep. and not be a risk taker and know how to play in the NHL. And that's what the key is here. It's not he's not necessarily worried about. Okay, maybe Connor Clifton as a as a crazy you know join the play every time player would help Providence win more games or something. But it's more about this is how you're going to
2: have to play in the NHL. Go you know go down there and learn it. And he's accepted it. So from game one, I mean everything went pretty well. Except for the fact that they were outplayed in the second period, and these uh, p- faceoff numbers in the D zone are just unbelievable. I can't even. I, I, have, I have a hard time believing this. They lost eighteen of twenty-three defensive zone faceoffs for the game, according to one report. Yeah, is that accurate? Because the faceoffs by the it end, see, it were seemed accurate much to even.
3: me. It seemed like they didn't even win that many because it was just a, a rough night all over, not just the defensive zone. Uh, face lies. I mean, you said that the they came up The final numbers were even, but I think that's just an ego boost from the home stats crew. It was a bad night on face offs, and they have to fix that.
2: And they lost all six on the penalty kill in the defensive zone. Yeah, and then this wasn't even a case of where you know Patrice is going to say his wingers weren't doing the job because they were getting beat clean constantly. So Jordan Stall's just good. I mean, yeah, they're really good. Shock yeah. it up to that, and absolutely. So those are the reasons. Like Pete, you know, was asking the question: Is this series over? Okay, you weren't real good on face offs. Uh, Wait, did Pete answer that question? I don't know. Did Pete?
3: I I, I said it tongue in
1: cheek, but I I said before the series started, I thought it would be a relatively quick series. I thought maybe five, I thought max six games. I thought
2: six, and they'd lose game one. But right, I, I
1: fully expected them to lose game one, and so now the fact that they won that, and they won that without with having some issues, and the fact that I think that they will probably be better. Moving forward, that's a sort of game one's always a sort of figuring out period, and they were able to weather that without their best defenseman. And now I think that you take game two and you go into that to their own building to up 2 0, they're in a pretty good position. Their
3: issues issues are more correctable than Carolina's. You know, you can tighten up, you can make better line changes or whatever they're. Coming up with to make the second periods better, they can win more faceoffs. They can they can work harder on the faceoff. The Carolinas' problems are you can't get uh, Dougie Hamilton a courage implant. You know you don't. You, <laughs> the goalie, obviously, maybe the maybe the shine's coming off that stone now. Maybe his hot streak is over because maybe that injury kind of took him off his off his track. He wasn't at his on top of his game, and they're just not as talented. You know, one through four, one through three D pairs. As the Bruins are. So these are things they can't overcome now at this point. Yeah.
2: One thing Tuka Rask said in that clip we played a bit ago, we took over games in the third period. I think that has been an accurate M.O., yeah. and that's the sign of just a better hockey and team. And the first periods, too. You know Tuka's first
3: period save percentage is 9.58, and he hasn't given up more than one goal in any first period? That that I think that more than the third, almost as much as actually. Third period, obviously, is, is the most impressive, but first periods, too, because they never get off to a bad
1: start. Yeah, they're never in a, they're never in a hole.
2: Right. And they've locked down every game. They've led going to the third, eight and zero now. When leading after two periods, although one of them they almost blew right the three to one lead. All right, coming up, we'll talk about Marchand a little bit. Uh, we had uh, Don Cherry on our show Friday on Mutt and Callahan. But, he also waited last night on Marchand. Go ahead. We,
3: Marchand cursed. Out loud in the hallway yesterday, and I swear that the Toronto Riders were on the phone calling the Department
2: of Player Safety to get him suspended. It was a week of just uh, vitriol coming down from the the uh, our great friends in the north uh, at Brad Marchand. He's talking again, right? Did he speak yesterday? Yep, yeah, he's talking again. He's back. He's it's it's over. It was a one or a he, one he night talking thing. to. He made his point from management. We'll get into uh, Marchand, and he had an excellent game one as well. Mother's Day edition of Sunday Skate: Ken
0: Laird, Matt Calman, and Pete
2: Blackburn from CBS Sports. It's presented by Wise Snacks and Star Market. Here's a trending
0: now. You're listening to Sunday Skate with Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show and WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks and by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins. It's just so immature, and, you know, he's not that clever. And, you know, like you said, he thinks he's above everybody else in terms of that kind of... And you know, it just I thought last year after the licking, he'd be we'd be past this. He's going to be 31 in a month. Like, at what age do you sort of grow up a little bit and go, you know, I just got to be a better guy? Because he's a wonderful hockey player. Yes. I love watching him. What's up, bud? It's
2: the great it's Kelly so Rudy, of one of uh, Matt Cowan's idols growing up oh in New my York. God, he was actually Harudi, Kelly Harudi <coughs> ripping Brad Marchand. It was one of a, oh my a series of you know when rip he jobs by when, Toronto. When
3: when Mar you hear him when Martian did the, the skate off against Bakis, whatever his name is. Kyle Bakaskis, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kyle. Careful, um, I just call him Kyle. <laughs> the, um, they all laughed at it. They thought it was funny. Now now they now they're ripping him that he's a terrible person that he should, you know, pay a penance. Oh, what is the deal with that?
1: You would have thought that oh he'd kicked God. every single one of their dogs individually. Exactly. Now he took oh it out on
2: you guys On Well yeah, he,
1: afterwards he, in the He took room. it
2: out on us. I
3: you know, I don't take it personally. I yes, don't think did. anyone else you did. did. called
2: me afterwards. You were like crying. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I right? Sold you. Well,
3: listen, first <laughs> first of all, first of all I wasn't first of all, I wasn't there because there's no travel budget here, so it definitely didn't oh, affect right. me. It was on the road. It was on the road. And uh you know what he wanted. To, he had a point he wanted to make, and I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily agree with that tactic. Except for the fact that the guy has talked or been available to speak every day this season, including especially in the playoffs. Every game, every off day, you request Brad Marsh and he comes out and he'll and he'll engage you, and he's not going to. So one night he decided to give one-word answers because he was ticked off, not just about the joke by Kyle. But because of all this nonsense about are you guys going to play? You know, are you guys going to score? Or why aren't you guys scoring more? The team was winning. His team was sh- his line was shutting down other teams' lines, and the and the offense was coming in spurts. So he's not scoring every game. There's this idea in the playoffs from these people that cover hockey for one month out of the year because they're off, you know, doing whatever with the Red Sox nonstop. They show up to, to cover some hockey games. Oh, I saw Brad Marshan is a good scorer. He's on the top of this list. Why hasn't he scored every game I've covered?
1: I, I had a theory about Marchand's uh, media thing in that night, news. it was, uh, I think that the rest of the, the reporters were just, it was a buckshot uh, strategy where he spreads it out for everybody and then nobody can pin him on uh, being mean to Kyle.
2: But he was mean to Kyle, though, directly on the ice before
1: the dressing room. Right, yeah, absolutely. So, that, but so that's he, what I'm oh, saying. So oh, then he oh, spreads so then it try out. To cover, I,
3: think, try to cover it. I think there's yeah. some yeah. people, bad about I it.
1: think even though they weren't asking the questions. I don't think he felt bad about it. I think that he just didn't want to get pinned for, for targeting Kyle th- and being mean to but
3: Kyle. But I, I think there were other targets in that scrum that weren't speaking up because that's what they do. They They swoop in here, let us all ask all the questions, and then they write their brilliant columns or whatever based on the comments. So I think there were some other people who probably aren't working for American affiliates who... He probably had the message for us. Well. What is embarrassing is to hear the media like because it goes back to the bop on the them. head too.
1: Bruins, yeah, yeah, are, yeah, yeah, Bruins
3: are four zero since the bop on the head, which was going to distract the Bruins, destroy team morale, and the and civilizations shot. the bop in the head. That everyone decided was the worst thing they've seen since O.J. I mean, give me a break, Canada. The bop on the head was nothing. The guy was alive. The guy joked, laughed it off next game. Going back to the stick stop that Cam Atkinson made into a joke. No one was offended that was actually affected by what was happening. Yeah, but Marshan made that a joke. And then
2: Pekoskas made it a joke. And then, so it's it's weak of Marshan to joke about it. And then all, well, it's before the game. Like, yeah, it was joke before about that. the game. Like, it, it was, it was exactly before religious. the game and
1: two days later. That's I mean, the only seriously. thing. All right, but you're going to really get upset I mean, about it? I could totally picture no, He didn't this, get that upset. He skated away. He skated away, away I totally, it, he
3: held it as a grudge for two days no, later. No, the grudge wasn't about just the joke. The grudge is all this stuff balled together. Plus, we don't know what else is being said when you're not on camera. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, Let's face I, it, Kyle, that- Kyle came up with that joke like the day after, and he was going to use it no matter what. Yeah, it was a good right? joke. Because you don't want to end up saying, you know, the jerk store's running out of you, right? <laughs> you don't want to <laughs> let that joke slip, so.
1: I, uh,. I think that Brad Marchand's ability to break every single person in Canada's brain has exactly. been wildly impressive. Should earn him the Conn Smythe no matter what.
3: All right. Well, that's. I said that, too. I said, I wonder what the Conn Smythe voting is going to be like if he leads all scoring in playoffs and the Bruins win the cup. Now, obviously, Tuca has clearly made the, made the case and the goalie seems to always be the one they defer to. But if it did come down to Tuca or Marshan, would they, or you know, anybody else, would they even give? Is, is Marshan even going to finish second in the voting?
1: Either option is just unbelievably satisfying to me because if <laughs> Tuca wins it, then they get to shove it in the face of every Bruins fan, and if Marshan wins it, get to shove it in the face of everyone. If Marshan
2: wins it, they might cancel Canada Day this year. If Tuca wins it, DJ will be throwing it in your face no, and calling you. Absolutely not. Yes, I, you I've will.
1: been amongst the Tuca frontmen. You were like me. You were in my
2: boat. He might be out shopping. Halak was the guy. DJ might be out shopping for an outfit. He might be out shopping for an outfit that day, so I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. Well, he calls it an outfit. The the media around Martian. Wh- on one hand, I, I get it. You're going to keep asking questions because he's giving you one word answers, and this becomes a thing, which I guess you can write about. But it's embarrassing to like giggle along with the guy and and be in on. Yeah, that. well, who was the one giggling loudest in that clip? So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, actually I don't, don't know
3: who was there, but it was probably someone from
2: the this. That was ball. awkward. Then he goes with the we're on to Cincinnati approach, I'm just talking about Game Three. He moves past it. Yeah, it, what's wrong with that? It's working
3: for him. He gave great answers about
2: Game Three. He's not talking about Round Three. He's
3: not going to stand there and answer these questions about why he was, you know, pissed Could off the night apologized. before. Who is he going to apologize Cal to? Cal Bukoskis. Oh, my God. Maybe not he did not person. Was he going to make a public apology? I'm sure he yes. buried that
2: hatchet with the guy the next he, day. He did, he, did, you know sure. he did not. I'm sure. I'm sure he tossed
3: his hair and everything.
2: Of all the plays in those two goals, uh, Marcian was given more credit for stepping in the way of uh, was it Corralier who was coming in for, for re- retaliation for the Clifton. Oh, it's Clifton.
1: Clifton.
2: Clifton. Okay, so I mean, which is obviously, you know, that's a signature. Mo- it's a significant moment of the game. Yeah, but his quick one timer, which led yep. to the Johansson goal, And, the touch, and, and the touch pass, the touch pass, and also awesome. was and also awesome. at least on one of those power plays, he made a great play to
3: keep the puck in. Which there was a few plays like that. Which when you consider how badly. They've been they, how badly they've been breaking in on these on these power plays. Once you get it in, keeping it in is so important. Yeah. Uh, Krejci made one, Krug made one, Martian made one. They were you know high end skill players from Brad Martian, which
2: is what you get from a guy who's you know one of the top four or five players in the whole league. Now Don Cherry, the voice of Canada, oh eighty five years young, is very impressed. He was on with us on Mutton Catlin. Calls you sure, Martian. Damian Cox hasn't replaced him yet. No, they're close. Yeah, okay. one two. He's he's waiting in the wings. Uh, he calls Martian his favorite Bruin. And then last night on Hockey Night in Canada, Uh-oh. doubled down on his uh, Marchand love. Yet.
0: Now, Brad Marchand all of a sudden has discipline. Watch him here. He gets a goal here. He gets an assist here, I mean. And he sets up the winner. Come on, Brad. Here it again. But the thing that got me is, here's the winner. But watch here, Clifton. He grabs Clifton. Oh, there's the winner again. All right, now watch here. New Discipline coming up from Marshawn. Now, he grabs a guy. He knows he's... Get off of here. Get off of Stahl and get away from there. He's got a penalty, and the winning goal come up, and Stahl knew something was going on. And that's the new Brad Marshawn with Discipline. <laughs> and you wanted to show the Clydesdales are in town. Look at that Look at that horse on the left. Isn't he a beauty? He's the big one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That should uh, be a, that should be a
1: new segment. Is d- Don Cherry without context. You
3: don't have to. You don't have to dump that when he talks. When he starts drooling over the horses, you don't have to dump it.
2: I know. Whoever's doing the Glenn Ordway Twitter account with, out of context, just switch that over to Don Cherry. That's, that's sounds creepier. That's sound like creepier than these commercials where their where people's moms are telling them to buy jewelry. But Canada's got to be hope, uh, just praying the Bruins advance to the Cup finals because Washington oh, yeah, alone. Then is they have nothing family. to write
3: about it, exactly.
2: Who are they look hoping? At that, with? Look at that horse on the left. <laughs> Isn't oh you, my beauty! God. He's a big one. He's <laughs> a big one. See, much should ask them about horses. Jeez, we dropped the ball on that. Uh, San Jose and St. Louis. What's the more appealing Cup final matchup for the
1: nation or, the, or North San America? Jose. I should say San Jose for yeah. sure. Yeah. Based yeah on I'm the Joe Thornton.
2: Uh, that so. the and they just think connection? that
1: San Jose is a, a more exciting team.
2: Thornton's been gone so long. I don't know how many storylines would get out of that, actually. But what about Martin Jones? Yeah, Bruins Martin Jones, great Martin Jones, who was traded. That was a Lucic uh,
3: swap, yeah, right? Yeah. He was I a Bruin
1: for like a week. I don't but, even think it was that.
3: To me, though, as a uh, old school kind of hockey guy, I'd, I mean, not to say that San Jose is not physical, but a St. Louis Boston series would uh, kind of take us back to the 70s, because we saw last night, especially, even... Yeah, you know, I, don't know, we're I don't know how
1: much St. Louis is going to have left after this series. If it goes right. deep, I think these two teams are going to kill each other.
2: In fact, uh, Eric Carlson said after the game, uh, we just played hockey tonight. They, meaning St. Louis, worried about a few other things. Mm-hmm. We won the game. Well, so that that's might, a little shot there. That's not might wrong. I that mean, might they be
1: were clearly going out of their way to... to Throw bodies on yep. Carlson and on their other good players. You know what? That's a good strategy
3: if you think you have to close a gap uh, talent-wise for a long series. You know it takes its toll, and that's and they were it, they know. weren't
1: dirty. They were just finishing their Exactly. Hits. and maybe They're they don't. You know, you know maybe I mean, going, going after Carlson, especially. Yeah,
3: yeah. You're not gonna um, you're not gonna defer a game and start a series, but. If you think that you're going to have a tough time, you might as well you know lo- you know lose lose fighting and and send the message.
2: Well, yeah. So San Jose has Eric Carlson, who Bruins fans know well. Brent Burns has the best or worst beard in the history of pro sports, however you want to view it. Timo Meyer, that goal last night was unbelievable. He's been one of their best players this, this
1: postseason.
3: I definitely wouldn't worry about the Berger online against San Jose, though. With those you would defense not. pairs, they're good defense pairs, but they're not shut down guys and.
2: But, yeah. who, but who would you? Who yeah. would the shut? Who would? Who's their shutdown line? Couture and Meyer, right? So Bergeron right. would try to take them out, and you'd be forcing Pavelski and Kane to beat you, and some of these other guys. Sure, uh, Kane, by the way, has the history with Chara this year. With the oh yeah, you know the
3: because he showed so much courage when he <clears throat> turtled. Canada all said in unison after that because that was the that he was the take o- that was the takeaway from that he he hits Char from behind uh, that's fine but then w- then he stood there and let Char beat the beat the pole yeah, out of him well
1: he I mean he didn't turtle he just got his yeah. lunch handed to him
3: well actually well, I guess that's what annoyed me more was the fact that it started because he didn't face him for for a country that's so worried about facing you, facing your opponent he hit Char from behind in a hit that was kind of reminiscent of Sean Thornton Brooks Orpic where he grabs you from behind and pulls you and I'd rather not see 69 Chara fall, you know, full speed and hit his head on the ice at some point and no one had much he should have had more of a, a reper, repercussions for that not
2: just getting his getting beat up by Chara, but he should have had more people say calling him out for pulling the guy down from behind. The, the way more I think about it, that's actually a very good Cup final. Bruins Sharks. The, yeah. I mean, that's that's interesting. That the two obvious, clear-cut remaining favorites. It, you
3: could even make the case that it is the best two teams in the NHL this year. Yep, the, the best team in the league that we all, you know, admittedly had going to the Cup final, winning this thing, proved itself to not be much of a team. They didn't
1: win a game. I still think they're the best team in the league. I they just t- folded in I, on themselves because they're I, soft. I
3: just don't. But that's just it. How soft do you have to be to not be the best team in the league? I just, I you, you can't imagine that they didn't have enough pride to just get it together and win a game in that series against a wild card team. It just doesn't make any sense. And then Calgary clearly, I mean, I kind of, I knew I predicted that
1: was going to end quickly. So these are really the, the two best teams record wise. I think it would be the two most, I guess, quietly understated, which seems weird to say knowing that they're, they're like top five teams, top six teams. Nobody seemed to really be talking about the Bruins that much in the Eastern Conference, right, because, because of the Tampa Lightning, Bay, and, right? That's and what I'm saying. Obviously, Tavares in Toronto and San Jose for you know, you know they were they didn't win the division, but they were pretty damn close with league worst right. goaltending. So they were a really great team during the regular season, right? The Joe Thornton trade is 14 years old, almost <laughs> coming yeah. up
2: in uh, November
1: uh, of this year.
2: He was traded in 2005 for Brad Stewart, Marco Sturm, and Wayne Primo. And then the Bruins faded and drafted Kessel. And so they flipped parts of that trade over years for many different parts. But the right. Kessel trade, like you could make a case that it helped them get, obviously, Seidenberg, but Bellucci, well, Sagan, well, Marshall, well, 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 like, What well, it really did, it, and I'm not going
3: to say that this is the intention of it at the time, and obviously they changed management, so you don't know what the path was. And you obviously not expecting. Peter Shirelli had a huge... Part in getting Chara and Savard here just based on his personal relationships with them, but you had the cap space to do that. If Joe Thornton was still here, you don't—you're obviously not going to get Savard because that's redundant, and the Chara thing might not happen because, well, it depends who the GM is. But you're also not going to necessarily be able to get him at the money that, that you, he got him. You for can't give him. him the captaincy, and you
2: can't give him the captaincy. So there's—I uh, mean, that—that's how it played it still out. Still had ramifications and, to this day. I mean, it's and, like. Right. They they got Dougie Hamilton in the trade from Kessel, which or right. came from the Thornton trade, right? And then tra- so you go through the it, it was well, an unbelievable the, moment in Bruins history. Right. You look back on it, and,
1: yeah. and I don't necessarily know if if like that's the storyline that is it, that's going to hinge on if they these two teams meet in the Cup final. I think Thornton. Yeah. Having a chance to finally win one is more of the story with Boston being a, a sort of a, a B story to that.
2: Would the Bruins be favored in that series? Absolutely, I mean, they have co- yeah. a home ice. I don't think yeah. it'd be a serious yeah.
1: favorite though. No, it'd be pretty tight. I mean, they, be, awfully they, good. I mean, they're favored now to win, so I, I think that they would be the favorite heading into a Cup final. And
2: matchup wise, St. Louis, I think, is better for them though. Actually, just you want to play a Bruins versus a physical team as compared to uh, oh, be, that yeah. speed on the back end. Mm-hmm. It's hard I mean, Burns see. and Carlson are just scary, I think, for the Bruins. They, I don't know. To me, that's a, uh, I'd, if I'm a Boston fan, I'd rather see St. Louis win. And, Pete, you still think they will.
1: Yeah, I think that St. Louis has a good shot to win the series
2: still. And this is all assuming the Bruins get past the uh, Canes, which we're looking past. Uh, and, and that's <laughs> that's fine. what we do. That's what we do here.
1: We'll past the graveyard.
2: Yeah, well, uh, Matt said next week is Sunday. I said it's after Game 5. Cowan thinks there will be no Game 5. Yeah, we'll, be on a four- we'll be on our fourth day of filler. We will preview Game 2, 3 o'clock today. We'll get you ready for that one coming up on our final segment of Sunday Skate. Get you ready for Wiggy and Bradford and Reamer as well, Mother's Day edition. Ken Laird, Matt Kalman. Pete Blackburn, at CB, uh, it's, uh, he's from CBS Sports. This is WEA. You're listening
0: to Sunday Skate with Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show and weei.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks and by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins. It is a great pleasure for me to welcome in my mentor, the guy who taught me the ropes my first year out of college, Doc Emmerich is with us. My goodness, that's nice of you to say. I didn't teach you a whole lot. You had the talent on your own before I got to you and probably ruined you. No, you didn't, thankfully. Line drive single to left field. Played See, it's by not, ben it's not starting well already, Joe. <laughs> take over. This is not getting, not getting good here. Well, great to have you with us, Doc. Thanks, I Joe. think the last time you were here, the Bruins won the Stanley Cup 2011. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you've got to come back yeah. more often, Doc. Okay. Well, I, I haven't. Staked you to a very good thing here now, because you've got a runner on. But Dale got us four runs. Okay. So that was a pretty good start. So it was really nice thank to get you it. Joe, thank, thank you. Dale, thank you. Thank you. you. Ed it's Ed Ed Ed. Ed. always wonderful us. to see you. Well, who the hell's been talking this whole time?
2: Oh, that is just, boy, feel bad stepping on oh, that. Dale. Nice now nice we know who to blame for Dale. Doc Emmerich. It's Doc Edzo was in the booth, too. He barely got a word in. Basically said nothing. Which is disappointing. I like Edzo. Uh, but Milbury's better. I wish we had Milbury for the series. Oh, he's he's a, little cranky, a little more cranky, a little more irritated. No. Yeah. You, well, you don't like Milbury? No, Edzo's no. the best. He's more critical. Yeah. Edzo's just too nice. I think he's, he's, he's too <laughs> Milbury's more energy. Marshmallow soft. Yeah, you, <laughs> there you go, on. for
1: content. Yes. But yes. Well, uh, I'm want. very glad that we have the broadcast team that we do.
2: Well, we get no uh, no Pierre Maguire, so I think it's a fair trade-off. You know? <laughs> exactly. We got the A-T-R in the I West. Think. You thought, yeah, yeah. I like Milbury better, but it's uh, you know Doc is obviously the class. I think Milbury's Maybe back for game three and four, though. I think he's. I think they're switching, so you'll be happy. Don't uh, feed false information. That's not happening. That's is
3: that really happening? Yeah, yeah. What? I think. I think Milbury's going to, going to Raleigh after this. After this.
2: Uh, Why? Two. It's stupid. Why because you, you asked for it. Oh, okay. By popular demand. Why is the game at three o'clock today? on Mother's Day uh, afternoon. There's some very upset people. Per- I saw. Yeah, I heard Keith. Uh, <clears throat>
3: everyone, Railing everyone on the weekday this? shows
2: whining about the three o'clock show on Mother's Day. If if
3: if your mother won't let you watch or go to this Bruins game, she doesn't love you anyway. So what's the difference?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled. Uh, I get to watch Game of Thrones tonight, no interruptions. True, that seems that's, true, seemed, but that's se- nine o'clock. It
3: right? seems pretty simple. Either you have a, a brunch or a lunch, and then you watch the game, or you watch a game, and then you go out to dinner for Mother's Day. Or how about this? A greeting card holiday invented by greeting card companies to line their pockets with nonsense. You oh, come can on, you, you support can, your mother. You could celebrate it on Saturday or Monday or a week from now. What's the difference? Love your it's mom. It's a made up holiday. You should love your mom every day. You shouldn't <laughs> need a day to celebrate your mom. My gosh. Like, what kind of country do like we live in love your pet
1: day. I always laugh <laughs> at that. It's like, oh, and yes, I did, one day a year, year day, I love
2: my dog. I did once miss a Knicks playoff game for Mother's Day, and I regretted it ever since. By the way, son uh, Game of Thrones I've been with from the beginning and I like it. I, I am among those, though, that find this season a little disappointing. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little, rushing. uh,
1: it hasn't been as satisfying as I'd hoped. No, right. So Still I Still plenty of time. So
2: if it was a 7 o'clock face-off tonight, to be fine. Should we do, some spoilers? Should we do some spoilers?
1: Yes, just the spoiler hour. What do
2: we expect today? No Noel Achari, right? He's out for the uh, Bruins as soon as he could be back. is game three, but not sure it matters that much. That line's been pretty good without him. Uh, no chance Camphers in, right? It's, uh, it's, it's yeah, a clear Clifton's, cut. Clifton's going to stay in for McAvoy, and, uh... You asked him about Backus and Kuhlman, uh Cassidy, this week. Yeah, not he, he so much.
3: He he took it down, wrap because he likes to just touch all the bases. I was just impressed that we've gone four games and he hasn't changed the lines. Yeah. Even in-game. And so you just wonder how much easier that makes his job. And clearly he's probably itching to uh, make some tweaks, and maybe that's why he brought up, brought up the Kuhlman thing. But, I mean, they've hit their stride here, and I think the fact that Carolina is a blend of Columbus and Toronto, you don't need to necessarily counter their speed as much. And Backus... And he's given you the best 10 minutes a night that, you know, anyone could possibly give you. I mean, he's been great at both ends.
1: Yeah, and I think not switching up the lines is is the right and good call because you, with this Carolina team, it's almost sort of like Toronto where they're going to burn you if you make mistakes, and if, if there's any miscommunication between these lines and you're coughing up the puck, they're going to burn you on the other end. So, you want to be clean, you want to be on the same page, and you want to limit the mistakes. Yeah, and, the, and
3: by the same token, he hasn't worried as much about the matchups again. I mean, clearly mm. Carlo has the assignment to go out there against the Ahau line with with the Bergeron line, you know. But he's not married to it. They're not rushing off the ice again. They got away from that completely. They trust that the you know, even if Achari was healthy, I'm not sure he gets in there because the way the Corrali, uh Nordstrom Wagner line is playing, not just playing well for themselves, but playing so well against matchups, they don't care. He's, he's even putting Coil out there sometimes for defensive zone faceoffs against top six lines. Um, things are clicking right now. You, you know, you talk. We talked about at the beginning about the Chara injury. To me, that was the only thing that was going to derail this team. And you wonder, like, what's going? At what point will something go wrong here? Because right. things have been so good for what a week to ten days here since they lost game Four three. Four straight wins. You know, it's all because Martian bopped that guy in the head. We know that, but beyond that, they they've been such they've been so stable. That it's kind of scary. You wonder if you you know they haven't had that one moment right, yet. What's where like, what's
1: the adversity? Right.
3: You know you figure well, McAvoy suspension might be adversity. Yeah. You know, but you haven't had n- nothing seems to phase this team. Pucks hit the net and get turned the goals, and goalie interferences don't get called, and they get goals called back, and all these things happen, and it just but nothing derails them. Even if you
1: do lose a guy, it, I mean, it's it's you can things can go wrong if you lose a key player in the playoffs. But look what happened to this team during the regular season. Right. Yeah, they lost a strong. lot of manpower. Yeah, that's True. Still well, finished.
2: One guy that Carolina lost and got back in Game One, but didn't play that much is Michael Ferland. I feel like he could be a significant yeah, player as the series it goes it to on. Be more of a
3: physical presence for sure, and I think you know it was kind of a feeling out process for them. I mean, yeah, they could talk all they want, but they had to be a little bit intimidated by the moment, intimidated by the stage.
1: But I feel like I mean they they were talking about Ferland last series. I felt like in, in I didn't I didn't see him. Well, he didn't show play up. last series. He didn't play at all. No,
3: he played three games in the Washington series. And okay. didn't play against the Islanders. I thought that he he just, thought, he just okay. came back, so that's why. But um, yeah, may, yeah, maybe he's still it, banged up. I mean, there wasn't much from him in Game no, One. Absolutely not, and that's why he's on the fourth line right now. Maybe they, you know, Brendan Moore said something weird yesterday about uh, about Matt Martinook, and maybe it applies to Furland, too. That he, basically admitting the guy's not healthy, but we need him. I mean, I, clearly, clearly, they don't trust their depth as much as the Bruins do.
2: If Car- the one thing that Carolina's got to kick themselves the most for, they had a shorthanded. Two on one. It was almost a two on zero oh. at the end of the second period, and a two. They're leading two to one. I oh, remember this. Brock McGinn put it off like the side of the net. How they didn't score, I have no idea. If they, if they go up three to one at that point, right? Totally different game. I mean, that's so, so handed too. Yeah, I, so it's not like they were blown out of this game by any means. What was odd, Brindemore, I don't know what he changes today, but he pulled the goalie with like eight minutes left in the third <laughs> period. It felt like he was just he was a little desperate. Maybe that's a rookie coach. Maybe trying to push the buttons too quick. Uh, the Bruins end up uh, rolling away 5
3: Hey, you? we got a great uh, text here. Kalman, whiny rat Cowman is the Anthony Wiener of hockey Riders. Ooh, That's uh-huh. a new one.
2: I think that might be anti-Semitic. What do you think? Uh, I, so you you vo- avoided the text
1: line for You, you <laughs> almost got through the entire show And you had to dip into the text It's board. the only time I get to see my name in print Where it's not something I wrote Here's an interesting uh, interesting stat heading into this game The Bruins have Over the four wins The Bruins have led for 155 minutes and 54 seconds Damn. And they've trailed for 13 minutes and 8 seconds No and those adversity. 13, 13 minutes and 8 seconds came in game 1
2: but, but again, they have had adverse. They blew that 3 1 lead in the third period at home, and that was an unbelievable finish. Didn't trail, but yeah. they've still felt a little push. Uh, hey, they're they're a pretty good team right now. If they go up 2 0, you got to face the adversity of Raleigh and the Hurricane <laughs> Siren. And they and might Ken bust Jung. out Ric Flair, you Hamilton know. Hamilton the pig. Right. Oh, maybe Ken Jung will show up. Can we hear Ken Jung going out? We'll get Bradford, Reamer, Wiggy in. Top of the hour. And uh, we'll be back next – well, I won't be here next Sunday. These guys will be, though, so don't miss it. It'll be after either a Game 5 or after a, a, a sweep, and you've got four-day layoffs, and Campbell will just be reading text from the start of the show to finish. It'll be it's a circus be either way. It'll be the worst hour radio you've ever heard. It can't ever. be worth anything that Mark James has ever done. Oh, on that note, we'll see you next week. Reamer, Wiggy, Bradford coming up. The other day, the other morning,
0: yesterday – I'm having my weeies and beer, right? Marcus and uh, Charlie. I told you they'll be naming all kinds of babies. Marcus and Charlie.
3: <laughs> they're just that they're just that much good. They're just that th- 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 that was a good that was a good sentence.
0: Marshmallow soft.
3: Look at that horse on the left. Isn't he a beauty? He's the big one. Toodaloo!